There have been fires at two more cell tower sites in Auckland. And police are investigating whether they're linked to anti-5G protesters. Telcos are worried future attacks could seriously affect connectivity and take weeks to fix. We're really concerned about it because what this does is it actually puts lives potentially at risk. There have been at least 16 suspicious attacks on cell towers around the country in the past six weeks as a conspiracy theory does the rounds linking the COVID-19 pandemic to the rollout of 5G wireless technology. Protesters falsely believe the coronavirus outbreak has been caused by 5G mobile network upgrades. To start attacking critical infrastructure at a time like this when people are trying to keep in touch with family and friends, it's, uh, it's, it's quite infuriating, actually. Not just infuriating and illegal, it's also completely pointless. Coronavirus is a virus, and 5G is a computer networking system, and the two of them have nothing to do with each other. Cell phone towers don't cause pandemics, in spite of how many celebrities might tell you so. The idea being pushed by some is that the pandemic is caused not by a virus, but by radiation from 5G towers, amplified online by celebrities like Woody Harrelson, John Cusack, and musician MIA. There's a huge amount of misinformation that is being shared very quickly through social media, which is making people afraid, and it's totally false. And it also shows me that um, a lot of people don't actually understand many of the things around them. The 5G conspiracy theorists are at it again. You may have heard that 5G cellular networks cause cancer, infertility, autism, Alzheimer's disease. They don't. This stuff is all false, and we've been spending countless hours trying to explain why that's just impossible. But conspiracy theorists can't be deterred. And, of course, now that there's another hot health problem out there, coronavirus, they've decided that 5G has something to do with it. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. This idea has taken such a hold on people that world leaders from the UK's Michael Gove to our own Jacinda Ardern have had to spell it out. The story somehow got about that uh, uh, they play a role in the, in the, the spread of the disease. Uh, that's just nonsense. Dangerous nonsense as well. Uh, so the 5G story is complete and utter rubbish. It's nonsense. It's the worst kind of fake news. I can't state it clearly enough. Um, and I almost hesitate to even speak to it on this platform. It is just not true. Hi, I'm the Details producer Alexia Russell. And today we're looking at conspiracy theories and why they're thriving right now. I'm speaking to two conspiracy theory theorists, if you like, including Auckland University honorary senior lecturer and medical sociologist Robert Bartholomew. There are so many conspiracy theories out there surrounding COVID-19. And why are they spreading so quickly? Here are just a few of them like the electromagnetic radiation has weakened our immune system. That seems to be the big one here in New Zealand. There's a variant of that that holds that 5G has altered our DNA structure. There's another conspiracy theory that the old farmer's almanac predicted a pneumonia-like pandemic for 2020. That's just not true. There's all these conspiracy theories out there. It's a biological weapon released by the Chinese. These just don't make any sense. It's clear from the genetic sequence that it's not organic. It happened in nature, so it couldn't have been produced in a laboratory. So you got all these theories out there. It's not just one. There are literally dozens of theories about COVID-19 
And I think the explanation for this is that during times of crises, conspiracy theories flourish because they are incubated in an atmosphere of uncertainty and anxiety. It's the same atmosphere that incubates rumors. And when it's viewed as being a personal threat to one's health, that makes it even more pertinent to people. And that's what you have right now. You have all this uncertainty. And ordinarily, you get uncertainty and anxiety with things like earthquakes and um, typhoons, cyclones, and you get a peak. You get a lot of conspiracy theories and rumors going on. And then the peak goes down soon after. But with COVID-19, it has peaked and it hasn't gone down. And what you get in that situation is a rumor generating factory. It just hasn't gone down. It hasn't subsided because of all that anxiety and uncertainty out there. And people want certainty. People want meaning. There's other factors here as well with COVID and 5G, like the distrust of government and big corporations. It's at an all-time low. Too many people are getting their news from unvetted sources on social media. It's never a good idea to get your news from Facebook or Yahoo Answers. You just don't know the source of it. Like it or not, we live in a fake news era where many people distrust the media. And I think we have Donald Trump to blame for that. Um, his attack on the truth, claims of fake news when he doesn't agree with someone's opinion. I think these things have come back to haunt us. And then there's things nowadays that we never had in the past, like we're living in the age of Photoshop and deep fake videos. And whether these things are like the deep fakes, they are convincing or not, there's enough of that out there now to erode confidence in what we're seeing. So often people don't know who or what to believe. So, yeah, I mean, once upon a time, you might get people believing in, you know, I don't know, chemtrails or that there wasn't a landing on the moon. But now, you know, I've just been watching a board meeting in Kaitaia where genuine worried people, um, people including a former science teacher, are trying to make submissions about this invisible threat of 5G. Where 5G has been implemented, there's been even higher rates of cancer, lower fertility, neurological illnesses, some more suicides close to cell towers, huge impact on bees and other pollinating insects, lower fruit production, forests and ecosystems will be lost, trees get sick and die, in turn affecting a web of organisms. 5G makes an ideal environment for viruses, bacteria and other pathogens to thrive. Both 3G and both 4G are fine people's brains already. And they are not able to think properly. But you can see from the group of people here around, we just don't want this. How do people like that, educated people, get wrapped up in this? I think that's a really good point because often people who believe in the 5G conspiracy theories are lumped in with the fringe people who have mental health issues. And it's often um, 
just normal, healthy people who have issues like this. And so I think a key thing here is that human beings are always looking for hidden meanings and connections because our brains are wired to find patterns where none exist. Like a good example there would be the face on Mars. There was a, a famous case a number of years ago where someone believed that the face of Jesus had appeared on their grilled cheese sandwich. And a casino in America actually paid $28,000 at auction for the sandwich. That's absolutely true. So there have been reports of the Virgin Mary on the side of water towers. And there's another famous case from the late 1970s where a woman in New Mexico claimed to see the face of Jesus on a tortilla. And thousands of people flocked to her home year after year. And I think it's because human beings are prone to reinterpreting random events. You know, we often create our own realities. And once these realities are formed and they become solidified, um, we just see what we expect to see and want to see. And in psychology, that's known as perception bias or motivated perception. The tendency for people to see what they want to see and what they expect to see. You could think of it as a form of, of, of wish fulfillment because belief is a powerful thing and it alters our perceptual set, the way we look at the world. And that's why I always say it's not seeing as believing. It's believing is seeing because your mindset determines what you see. And I think people no longer watch or listen to the news for information. They watch for confirmation and affirmation of pre-existing beliefs. Nowadays, there are so many varied news sources online that people gravitate to outlets and websites that tend to reinforce their own prejudices, and it gives them a, a narrow perspective on the world. I mean, the Internet is a gold mine of scientific information. It's also the world's largest cesspool for misinformation, hoaxes, and pseudoscience. We're going to talk about the media, specifically one increasingly influential member of it, Alex Jones, the Walter Cronkite of shrieking batshit gorilla clowns. <laughs> and I know you may be thinking, there is nothing more I need to know about Alex Jones, because you've probably seen crazy clips like this. What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. I'm not even getting into it. You think I am like, oh, shocked by it, so I'm up here bashing it because I don't like gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Wow. If he is that upset about a government conspiracy that is not happening, just imagine how upset he's going to be when he finds out about one that actually is. So when you have plenty of lockdown time on your hands and the internet to explore, how do you tell if you're looking at fake news? There are certain characteristics of conspiracy theories that can help people to make critical differentiations. For example, one of the rules is the more people involved in the conspiracy theory, the less likely it is to be true. So most conspiracies that turn out to be true tend to be small, narrow events with a small number of people involved, like Watergate. You had the President Nixon and a few subordinates who had organized a break-in to get the Democratic playbook for the upcoming election. 
But the grander the claim, the more people involved, the more international the scope, the less likely it is to be true because it's harder to keep it quiet. I mean, we've all told a secret to a friend, and the next thing you know, everybody knows. Well, if, if you have 50 or 100 or 200 people involved on something that's clandestine, it's almost certain to get out because we're human beings. And some of these conspiracy theories are so absurd if you take them and look at them on their face value. For example, my son works with somebody who is convinced the earth is flat. And taken to its logical conclusion, I mean, it would have to involve tens of thousands of people, all of the astronomers, all of the geographers, all of the astronauts would have to be in on this, all engaged in a conspiracy, all remaining quiet and keeping it from their wives and friends and children. It just doesn't make logical sense. Philosopher M. Dentith is also based at Auckland University and says most of the hundred or so conspiracy theories linked with COVID-19 are old theories relabeled to fit the current circumstances. In one respect, kind of makes sense that if you think there is something really bad going on in the background that, say, scientists or government officials don't want you to know about, then you are going to look at extraordinary events like the COVID-19 pandemic and go, well, given that they've got a history of covering up what we think is really going on, and now we've got a huge pandemic going on at the same time, this is obviously more evidence of why they needed to cover up in the first place. Right. Now, of course, that move isn't necessarily irrational. If you've got good evidence, there's a cover-up going on in the background. But that requires you to have good evidence there is a conspiracy going on. And the problem with the 5G conspiracy theories is it doesn't appear to be we've got evidence of a cover-up about the deleterious effects of 5G. What these conspiracy theories are operating on is a fear of new technologies. And fears of new technologies go back a really, really long way. He's talking as far back as ancient Rome, but the conspiracy theories really stepped up with new technology. When AM radio came out in the 1920s, there were reports that it was affecting the weather. When the telephone became common, many operators claimed the crackling sounds were making them sick. Travellers reported railway spine after the invention of train carriages. And then there's this one. The beginning of the 20th century with the advent of refrigerators becoming a technology that was available to have in your home, people were really concerned about the ice that was made by freezers because that ice was unnatural. It wasn't naturally formed ice. And people were concerned that if you put unnatural ice in your drinks, you would fall ill and die. M. Dentith points out that not every conspiracy theory you see or hear on the internet is a sincere one. The ones that birds aren't real, for example, apparently they are drones being used by the government to spy on us, started as a joke. So I think the, the birds aren't real claim was really a kind of joking, let's come up with a conspiracy theory. We'll have a lockdown that allows the government to change the batteries in those robotic birds that fly around us. The other issue is, of course, even if people do vaguely believe these claims, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are utterly committed to them being true. And I think this is the thing about the COVID-19 pandemic. 
most of us don't know much about epidemiology. Most of us don't know much about virology with all we know is the Wikipedia pages that we've read. The claims being made about exactly what's going on are horrendously complex. Those claims are really hard to un understand. So people are just searching for, for answers of some particular kind. And when people put forward a conspiracy theory which provides a slightly simpler explanation of the events at hand, then people end up going, well, I mean, I don't know whether it's true, but I'm willing to entertain it. And maybe there are some people out there who are sceptical about birds. I can't really believe anyone in this country would be sceptical about them, given they're kind of the only animal aside from humans that we've actually got. Yes, uh, you would have to suspend quite a lot of disbelief to believe that, that one. But people do, and there are about 100 conspiracy theories purely and simply related to the coronavirus epidemic. Yeah, and it's pro they're probably going, going to grow in number the longer the pandemic actually goes on. Although, as I said, I think a lot of them are basically repackaged or relabeled versions of existing conspiracy theories. So everyone is probably now aware of the placards that have been seen at the protests in Australia, which has a whole list of things which are meant to be associated with the COVID-19 Oh, yeah, I, I looked some of them up and they were some of them are crazy. But most of them are fairly old conspiracy theories. You've got conspiracy theories about the satanic panic. And the idea that actually our world leaders are part of a satanic pedophile cabal. You've got claims about the Illuminati, which go back a long way. Claims about MK Ultra. Uh, the, the Clinton emails have somehow made it into the discussion oh, of COVID nineteen. MK Ultra, though, that, just to pick you up on yeah. the MK Ultra point, that is a conspiracy theory that actually started off as being true, isn't it? Yes. Yes. I mean, the thing is. During the Cold War, both Russia and the U.S. were interested in a whole bunch of technologies they thought might be useful to kind of win that cold culture war that they were engaged in, given that they didn't really want to drop nukes. But they wanted to try and defeat the other side through spy games. So the idea of coming up with a mind control system of being able to either dope someone into becoming an agent or double agent or some kind of programming to put in psychologically was the kind of thing that both Russia and the US followed up on. So yes, this was an actual conspiracy. It was a conspiracy which the CIA thought was necessary to win a war, but they did have to keep these things secret from the public and the enemy nonetheless. But that presumably that program finished in the 70s, and now we have people believing that movie stars are remote-controlled and that when they trip up on the red carpet, it's a glitch in their programming. Yes. I think the point to make here is people are fairly attentive in some cases to history. So the fact the CIA engaged in mind-control experiments and then said, well, actually, this doesn't really work, we're not going to bother investing in this anymore, is also the perfect cover story or when you discover that the CIA has been engaged in mind-control experiments. The best way to shut down that narrative is to claim you're no longer engaging in those particular experiments. Once again, if you think there's something suspicious about, say, the way your government operates or your intelligence agencies operate, then you'll go, well, of course they'll say they stopped doing it, 
that's the best way to cover up the fact that they're still doing it now. And that kind of allows these stories to continue to percolate and be part of the narrative now. Or, of course, you might go, well, they did stop doing it, but that's because they perfected those experiments back in 1967. And now the technology is installed on our phones, probably being transmitted by the 5G spectrum. So are we now at peak conspiracy theory? Until recently, the experts have pinpointed the 1960s during the Cold War as the height of this sort of activity. That was until what M. Dentith calls the President Trump issue. It might be the case that actually, up until recently, conspiracy theories were kind of waning. They were probably never in danger of dying out, but they were probably actually not as important as a kind of way of people explaining things in the world as they had been previously. It's also possible that the number of conspiracy theories, or at least their potency, has gone up since 2016, where you have someone who is both the commander-in-chief in the U.S. and also appears to be the commander of conspiracy theories in the U.S., given that Trump doesn't just talk about conspiracy theories. He seems to be making up conspiracy theories, like the whole Obamagate thing, which came about last week as a way of cementing his control politically. Uh, Obamagate. It's been going on for a long time. It's been going on from before I even got elected. And it's a disgrace that it happened. And if you look at what's gone on, and if you look at now all of this information that's being released, and from what I understand, that's only the beginning. Uh, Some terrible things happened, and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. And you'll be seeing what's going on over the next, over the coming weeks. But I, and I wish you'd write honestly about it. But unfortunately, you choose not to do so. Yeah, John, please. Crime. What is the crime exactly that uh, you're accusing him of? You know what the crime is. The crime is very obvious to everybody. All you have to do is read the newspapers, except yours. This is why I believe that schools in New Zealand should teach, as part of their curriculum, a class at least 10 weeks on critical thinking. I think now, more than ever, we need basic critical thinking skills in these critical times. That's the detail for today. I'm Alexia Russell. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get the detail downloaded free to your mobile phone every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, give us a rating so that others can find us too. Thanks to Robert Bartholomew and M. Dentith. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell. Kakite anong.